0: God do it Captain <laughs> That's the opening bit
1: <laughs> An opening bit as short as the song itself.
0: Yeah I don't have an opening bit. I actually was doing actual work I guess we're still in the opening bit right now uh, I was doing I today's been a really tough day so I don't have an opening bit look I'm Scotty Oh donkey <laughs> That's good enough go to the
1: song everyone was beaming everyone everywhere and scotty did lots of the work hello everyone and welcome to sadie hawkins pod you're still doing work what are you doing these
0: employees have got to get their w-2s <laughs> I've got to stamp all these W-2s for the
1: people at the company That's I work That's right. For. As an accountant, it is your busy season. Well, it? normally I
0: wouldn't do this. HR would do all this stamping. But w- since we're like an at-home company pretty much still today, I'm the only one who really goes in the office like absolutely every week because I got to like print <laughs> checks and stuff. And all the W twos came in from the payroll company. It's like, well, who's gonna get them out to people? I'm so here. So
1: enjoy some sticker envelope ASMR.
0: This the whole time, like it's tax season, and guess who does most of the work? This guy right here, Scotty. I mean, Danny. I'm almost done with this sheet of. I'm almost done with this sheet of stamps. So three more. When I do three more, then I'll put it aside. So hi, we're doing Beeman this week. <laughs> Song off a of bird in the B sides.
1: Uh, any top of the Nashville show business. Tennis EP
0: original track. <laughs> um, yeah, I have voicemails, but if you can wait one more stamp, <laughs> these are like those stamps that you print out of the printer from like one of those companies that lets you do that.
1: Like stamps.com.
0: Yeah, but this is Pitney Bowes. Oh, okay. And uh, I just finished a whole sheet, so. Do I you think won't either one of them sheet. would like
1: to sponsor us and our stamp podcast? <laughs>
0: Our stamp collecting podcast. I'm sure Relying K fans and stamp collectors have a big crossover. <laughs> do you think stamp collectors are like? It's like they really want to collect every stamp that you can print out of a computer from every stamp company. They're Does like, I got to do that com.
1: anymore stamp collecting is that so, sure. that seems like an old-timey thing because people didn't have anything better to do worth anything better to collect well i mean stamps
0: become worth money eventually right because some were like rarer than others and limited editions i'm sure
1: but you could people say that have... about anything
0: yes you could say that about anything like nfts if anything stamps oh, are goodness. like the new nft now let me sorry stamps just...
1: are the new nft stamps are the old <laughs> nft
0: let me tell you, are you curious about NFTs? You want me to tell you all about them? I have some deals for you. I have some what? amazing <laughs> stuff you can get in on the ground floor of. I have a great idea for everyone out there. So NFTs seem like an interesting, cool thing, but now it's like there's scams going on. It's just becoming a scam. It's ridiculous. It's horrible for the environment. The first time I heard of NFTs was actually from someone who will come up later from tweets involved in this song, Josh McTarrigan, who I still can't pronounce. Reliable J. Reliable Josh. When he, like, tweeted about, like, you know, bands were coming out with NFT albums and stuff at the beginning of the nascent days of NFTs. And, you know, uh, Josh had tweeted about, like, Reliant K released an NFT album. Now that tweet would be so uncool. (laughs) But, like, a year ago when Josh tweeted that and Schneck replied and everything, it was cool then. But I have this great idea. Just tweet about NFTs, like, in general from your Twitter account. Like, anyone can do this. Just, like, tweet, I love NFTs, or I'm interested in NFTs, and then just wait for all these accounts, because every time I joke about NFTs, I get likes from, like, five NFT yeah. accounts. Yeah. So just tweet the words, like, I really wanted, I really need to learn more about NFTs, and then some account or two will reply to you, and then you just go <laughs> and you <use> reply, <laughs> shut the fuck up, asshole. What? What? And then block them. What?
1: Is this your new... Your, your I haven't new, done it.
0: Uh, okay. <laughs> I haven't done it, but I just thought about it because every time I make a joke about NFTs, I get a, attention from all these bot accounts. So, oh, top of the show business. Because for the last several weeks, we haven't mentioned it at the top of the show. One more time. Congratulations to Semler. We mentioned Woo! it at the end of both podcasts in the last two weeks. So I wanted to just... Mentioned it So for those of you who
1: don't stick around that long.
0: Statistically speaking, there is a portion of people that don't listen through every podcast. They
1: probably stop listening after the opening bit. They just go, oh, (laughs) this is where this This is. This is where it peaks. No, they're
0: like, (laughs) I don't need to hear anything else. They're so funny at the top, they can't possibly top that. (laughs) But I think like all podcasts, I've heard like lots of podcasts that I've listened to over the years talk about how when they look at their analytics, a lot of people will stay consistent listeners but will drop out of won't finish most episodes
1: interesting and i can't
0: imagine what that is there's plenty of podcasts like where i've listened to them and i'm like i can't take this episode anymore like once in a while but to stay a cons- or podcast that i dropped off because like eventually i lost taste for the show
1: i'm too ocd for that like yeah. if i started i have to finish it
0: exactly I feel the same way. After a while, if I have too many podcasts built up to listen to, I can, then I can start being a real, little ruthless. I'm like, look at a show that I haven't listened to in like 20 episodes. and I'm like, maybe this is a sign that I don't actually, I'm not interested in this show. None of our friends that are podcasts. <laughs> I've been listening to podcasts since 2010. I've been listening to podcasts since the year we got married because my first job wasn't even my first time working for them, but my first job after us getting married. Was it Target in the back room by myself? It was like a it was like a low, what do you call it? A low volume target. And I was the only one who worked in the back room at nights. And so that's when I really discovered podcasts and started listening to podcasts in twenty ten. And the only podcast from those days I still listen to, Doug Loves Movies. Which has come up a lot recently. I guess I'm getting nostalgic for the twenty tens now that it's our twelfth wedding anniversary. It was a couple weeks ago, but it's like the whole month. You know people celebrate their birthday months. I celebrate you all throughout January. Aw, thanks. And you leave me beaming. So the song this week oh wait we have voicemails. So here we go. Here's a voicemail from uh someone and I don't think this is I don't think the way Google wrote their name is their name. So we have to play it to figure out who this is.
2: Hey Danny and Jess, uh, this is Kai. I, uh, first time caller, um, but I, uh, messaged Danny a couple weeks ago saying, uh, I just found y'all's podcast and I'm working my way through it. I'm at episode 90, so I'm making pretty good progress, we're on who I am hits who I've been, and I've got a pretty embarrassing confession for a misheard lyric, or I guess not really a misheard lyric, but misunderstood. Um, I definitely thought. When I heard reverberating footsteps sinking up to the beating of my heart, um, I was too stupid to realize that sinking was spelled with a Y, uh, not like S-I-N-K, like you were drowning. And that pretty much single-handedly made me confused every time I heard this song, because I couldn't really get past what that meant. Uh, so I just had to get that off my chest. And I hope to be reunited with you guys uh, in the present once I make it through, like, the next year of podcasts. So, see ya.
0: Well, Kai, if that is your real name, here it it actually is spelled Kai, K-A-I. And I'm not sure if that is Kai's
1: spelling. For some reason, when I saw... That's how the villain on the Vampire Diary spelled it. Oh, okay. I mean, one of the many villains, the one portrayed by Chris Wood. When
0: I talked to Kai online, I just didn't remember the spelling of his name so I'm not sure I'm confused now but I guess it was spelled correctly (laughs) Kai let us know how you spell your name remind me send me a message so I see your name again in writing
1: 90 episodes in you're making great time
0: and I was gonna say like I won't hear from we won't hear from him for a little bit unless he skips (laughs) to this episode um and since I've been listening to podcasts for a long time I can give you my advice if you find a podcast that you like like I'm just in general and you I recommend this for our podcast as well to basically like parfait or sandwich you're listening and that's basically that's what lindy is, did yeah exactly and that's the way i've always caught up when i find a new podcast where i want to go back and listen to everything even back in 2010 there were podcasts like comedy bang bang when i first discovered that and it was feasible to catch up on that show because it was only a couple years old at that point to like listen to like the the one or two most recent episodes then Stay subscribed and just go back and listen to as many episodes as you can before the next episode drops. And you just kind of like, it's like, you can make it a game. See if you can beat your record every week of how many episodes did I catch up on before the next one dropped.
1: Yeah, we don't have any ongoing arcs that you that you have to follow super closely Not or really. will get spoiled, you know.
0: I mean, I guess the only thing is sometimes we spoil top of the show business from the previous week.
1: Like, you're you're, you're listening and you're like, wait a minute, Reliant K is going on tour? Oh my gosh, this was from months <laughs> ago. They're, they already went on tour. I missed it.
0: Exactly. So here's another voicemail, and this is the kind of thing I'm talking about. Like, this is the only thing that, if you listen out of order, gets confusing, is like, if we have corrections from last week's episode, then oh, we talk sure. about them the next week. So that's the only time... I, always re- I would recommend, based on how we've been doing this show naturally, that if you have a favorite song and you just go around listening to your favorite song when we do that episode, you should also listen to the next week top of the show just in case we corrected anything. What did
1: we mess? What did we mess up last week? Well, Connor week?
0: doesn't mess up. He doesn't say we messed up anything. Connor just writes up uh, writes in. Call, Connor calls in to just talk about like Alf City Relying K uh, stuff, and here it is.
3: Hey Danny and Jess, it's Connor. Um listening I'm at the start of That's My Jam, uh just listening on my drive to work. But you've mentioned the difference between um terminals and uh That's my jam, like sounding like uh like terminal sounds like a Reliant K song and that's my jam so more like an Al City song with Reliant K and I whatever or Matt Jason. Um but one of the things that I feel like is the key difference between those two is that, uh, you know, Forgetting Not Slow Down, As but I always call it about Forgetting Not Slow Down, um, but Forgetting Not Slow Down has, like, this one uh, narrative that you can follow throughout the entire album, and terminals still type into that narrative is one of the biggest things. I think it functions as, like, an epilogue to the narrative of what's going on, um, like, if you follow the story of breakup, what, whatever you think the overarching story is in, in the end um, and what the final resolution is. Regardless, uh the terminal functions as, like, a follow-up to that entire story and, like, is kind of this upbeat, heartfelt, like, I have... Like I have healed and moved on from this thing kind of song epilogue thing. Anyway, um I think that's one of the main reasons it sounds more Alan k than Owl City because it ties into that forgetting not slow down narrative. Um but yeah, Terminals is a good song. I like it. Can't wait to hear that one at some point too. Alright. Anyway, I'll keep listening. Talk to you guys later.
0: Well, yeah, I know pretty much what he's talking about. Um, Did you start up envelopes again? I was like, that's it. It was a minute and a half voicemail. I'm like, oh, I could do a minute. And a, look at that, almost half a sheet of stamps. <laughs> I gotta break away again. Hold on. So I know what he's talking about. Yeah, we. I, I talked it based off of us doing. That's my jam last week. I was like, do we finish this suite? And. Uh, You know, is how I refer to them when we do, like, songs that have a thematic connection as far as doing them on this show. It's Mm -hmm. like, do we finish the Owl City suite? Like, we did the VeggieTales suite. We did Pirates Pirates Who Don't Do Anything with Breakdown the next week. But it was like, we were like, nah, it's a little too much to do the two Owl City songs back-to-back. We need to let that breathe a little bit. So... Ah, uh, but I know what Connor's talking about. Like, especially I guess we'll get into terminals eventually when we do terminals. But my concept of it at the on the surface level is how on some versions of Forget and Not Slow Down you have that audio clip at the beginning where like uh, next stop Concourse, con- B. Concourse B sounds like some travel. Never confirmed it, but sounds like some like thing you hear in an airport. Probably like the Atlanta airport on your way to Savannah. Maybe that's like. My th- thought process behind it: We're gonna redo the "Forget and Not Slow Down" song. But they're song driving at some point. to Savannah. Oh, whatever. I don't know. But then he's singing about at the end of. The- <laughs> You're absolutely right, but maybe they're driving from the airport. Then, <coughs> in terminals, he's singing about terminals at ATL, and I don't want to walk with a crutch so much and all that stuff. So it seems like he's like at the Atlanta airport now by himself, and he's healing, and he doesn't want to walk with a crutch. I'm an emotion, you know. Whatever. So we'll get into that. But I, I see exactly what he's talking about. And that probably definitely lends to the idea that Terminals feels more Relying K than Owl City. Uh, because they yeah, there you go. Anyway,
1: I haven't really paid attention to the <laughs> lyrics of Terminals yet, but... I did listen to it for maybe the first time the other day, and I was like, well, I don't like this Was it the first time you heard it? it? Was, yeah. We bought the Japanese <laughs> version of the
0: CD just so I could we could have it, and then it has the Where Do I Go From Here uh, acoustic version on it, and that also ties the fact that I think, and we're do- talking about Nashville, Tennessee P this week. That ties the fact in that I think that a lot of the more serious songs on Nashville, Tennessee P half of Bird and the B-Sides are about the same relationship that Forget Not Slow Down is about. And I put a playlist on YouTube. And eventually we'll talk about that again next time we do one of the songs on that. Beamin' is not one of the songs that I put on that playlist. I don't think beaming uh, relates to the same relationship that he's singing about in Forget Not Slow Down. But uh, there is one other top of the show business I remember now. For That's My Jam. And that is that... Two things, we were very, very, very skeptical. Skep- skeptical?
1: Is that, is that the right word? I don't know where you're going with this. Skeptical so.
0: is the word The when you when you doubt something. Yes. For some reason that word felt bad coming out of my not because I'm against skepticism. Just like somehow the word skeptical, you know, how sometimes words lose meaning randomly or you say them too much. Yes. This time I said the word once, and the word and I was immediately skeptical of the word skeptical. <laughs> So we were, last week, super skeptical. See, it feels weird. The I guess when I use it in a full sentence, the word skeptical sounds wrong. This is about
1: Pizza Hut, yeah?
0: It's about Pizza Hut. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. So it was, uh, let me see, Jarrett. So Jarrett Slusher let us know on Instagram that that fact being on Wikipedia that that's my jam was used in a pizza hut commercial before the actual song was released as a pop single is true. And he proved it to us by showing us the description on the YouTube video for the official (laughs) upload. It was right there, but that is definitely a place that we don't go for information, like for almost any song. I don't think we've ever just gone to look at the description of a song. I guess we need to, I guess we need to start doing that. Um, but yeah, it's true. And then I went on Twitter and searched Reliant K Pizza Hut, and that's my jam Pizza Hut. And I found, going back to like old Twitter, when Twitter was half the characters it is now, and when uh, threads didn't connect, like you would just like at mention people and, and conversations would actually be disconnected and you'd have to follow both accounts to even know if they were talking to each other. Going back that far to 2013, that's the way it was on Twitter there were mentions and people having conversations about, it. I just heard Relying K in a Pizza Hut commercial. And then some people put the YouTube link up for the Pizza Hut official YouTube channel that had the commercial, which has been removed since then. Oh, man, what a
1: bummer. So I
0: couldn't confirm it, couldn't find it, couldn't find it in any, you know, I'm going back to 2013, it's not like someone could have ripped the video and then put it on Twitter because back then Twitter didn't even have its own photo And video library, if you wanted to upload photos and videos, you had to have them as links somewhere else. Like Uh, TwitPic, if you remember TwitPic.
1: Vitter, it didn't happen.
0: (laughs) Well, maybe someone out there can tell us if you worked for Pizza Hut, do you have a copy of that? (laughs) Are you the Noid? Oh, that's Domino's. (laughs) Let us know. I did go on... Danny,
1: our listeners are too young to know the Noid. (laughs)
0: That's a tragic story. You know, I told you all about the you Noid. You did, right? yeah, you did. I didn't know actually that the 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 urban legend, which is true, it, it's technically an urban legend, but it's one that's true, that that Noid guy who held up a, a Domino's actually goes back to the '80s. So the Noid was the Domino's mascot. He's like a jester character who tries to stop Pizza Hut deliver uh, Domino's delivery guys from delivering in 30 minutes or less. And there was a guy in real life whose name was Noid and he was like had actual psychiatric issues. So he was convinced that Domino's did this on purpose to mess with him. And then one day he takes a Domino's pizza hostage. I thought all this must have happened in like the late 90s because I felt like the Noid had been around for a while. But it turned out it happened in like the 80s and it they didn't drop the noid mascot right after that happened no
1: cuz he he stayed through the through a good chunk of the
0: 90s yeah and eventually they got rid of him i guess because the urban legend which was true but the the word of mouth was bad and they were like let's just get rid of the noid and they brought him back here and there for special promotions but it's a there was a noid video game the yo noid nes game um so yeah fun st- not fun story Uh fun urban legend not a fun story i don't think anyone was harmed 86 to 95 there you go and i think that this thing happened in the 80s and the guy has passed away since then i think maybe they got maybe the because they're probably the now that i'm recall trying to recall this i think maybe the court cases like for the employees involved and the guy named noid himself 89, 89. so I, i'm sure like the the court cases can go on for years, so it's probably by '95 all the court cases with their employees who maybe sued everyone involved. It probably took another five years, and they decided to get rid of the noid. And then that guy passed away after he got out of uh, after he got out of jail at some point in the late '90s or the 2000s. Anyway,
1: they did bring the noid back uh, in 2009. Uh, for limited run shirts and then again on may 4th 2011 the noid was brought back as a promotional figure by Domino's to be used in an ad campaign on their facebook page
0: right
1: uh, and made a brief appearance as a stuffed toy at the end of a may 2011 commercial promotion
0: it's one of those things that like a part of me is like maybe they just should not bring him back because of the his the, this unfortunate history tied to it but i can see how like A lot of people probably don't know about this. I didn't know about it. No,
1: not at all. So then... And nostalgia, because we were little kids back then, and we didn't know. And it's just like, hey, why'd they get rid of that funny dude? Yeah,
0: and then maybe if you Google it, you find out. But I'm sure, like, most people don't know about it. And they probably get more people confused writing letters saying, why don't you use the Noid anymore, (laughs) or whatever. Uh, One other thing about That's My Jam is that it is true... I mean we didn't doubt this one but we found that reddit post talking about how there were two mixes of the song and I figured and and um shoot this one I'm not sure who who said it I have to go look but basically it is absolutely true there are two mixes of the song and um let's see I put it on my Snoopy video oh this was Steven Shudders so Stephen Shudders replied to my snoopy video where snoopy does flash dance to this song that's a that's like a slowly growing meme where there's this like 80s snoopy clip where he does the flash dance routine and you can put different like dance songs under it so steven shudders replied to that and said whoa this version is different from the version that came with my copy and i said that's what we've heard too uh which version do you have and i think he must have replied to me privately and he had itunes He had the iTunes version, and then he found a version on YouTube that matched his version. So it is true that there's like two versions of That's My Jam, but they're as ambiguous now to figure out which is which as like the gold versions. Like if you don't know if you're looking for the gold versions of albums two and three, it's like that mixed up. But one big difference that we didn't talk about is when they talk when they mentioned Britney Spears, how there's that like purposeful digital stutter. Do you remember that when we listened to That's My Jam, how there's like yeah. a digital stutter yeah. when they mentioned Britney Spears? It's on one version of the song and it's not on the other. So hmm. I guess that's the way to tell if you're listening to one version of the song or the other. But again, we have no way of going back now. And figuring out, well no, we, yeah, I guess we do Whichever version, we're not going back to redo this That episode is done But whatever version is on YouTube If it has the Britney Spears Digital stutter or not The other version has the other, doesn't Or does, <laughs> we're not doing that at song So other people can figure this out Anyway
1: We have 22 ratings On iTunes now I oh, was nice. just looking, I was realized we haven't gone through Our uh, our iTunes reviews in a while We have mostly five stars, a couple of four stars, and then a few more three stars than four Mm. stars. (laughs) That's fine. Uh, Let's see. I'm a bit much. (laughs) (laughs) From February 4th, 2021. I don't know why I felt the need to say 2000, but from 2021. John T. Roberts, 95, said this podcast rocks. It's an absolute must listen to if you want to better understand the complex infrastructure known as Reliant K. Thank you, John T. Roberts, <laughs> 95. Then Colt Brewer, one year ago, said, good listen. Pretty cool premise, especially if you're into Reliant K. Enjoying so far. And then the one right after that is the one about how we take too long. <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: and Tar Heel, 2007, said, just said, love this pod. And then we get into the older stuff that's been around for a while from John Potter, from uh, Magnified Pod, from me, <laughs> from David Park, from Jamie Pod, <laughs> uh, Beatrice, and Brady. So, yeah, and that's nice. We don't really push like that. Yeah, I guess go give us a review. That helps. I always hear how that helps. I, like,
1: we we have not brought that up. I, we said, like, so many episodes ago, Kai would probably know because he's way back there. But <laughs> right. for a while back ago, we were like, oh, leave us a review and we'll read it on the podcast. And I just realized as I was sitting here, I was like, you know, what? we have not done that in quite I've a while. I've checked Let's in go once back. in a while,
0: <laughs> maybe not in a year now, but I had checked in once in a while and I never saw anything new. So give us reviews and we'll read them. I guess you can also give reviews on Spotify now. This is one side of podcasts that I've always heard, but I don't really know how it... I guess it just helps get, like, things pushed in the algorithm, like, based on your listening habits. It then connects it to, you know, other podcasts you might enjoy. Because for now, like, I think other podcasts you'll enjoy are Magnified Pod, which makes sense (laughs) because we did a crossover. And then the Babylon Bee podcast, which I'm like, no. Oh, no. (laughs) I know technically i but i they're christian humor but they're way too conservative for me i i hate some of their punchlines.
1: <laughs> i closed my i closed the uh podcast app on my phone so i don't actually know i even
0: hate some of their punchlines when it's not political <laughs> like when reliant when mxpx released their self-titled album where they say god damn and that's it that's the only swear they say then they like babylon released like the special youth group version and i was like this is so stupid mxpx didn't interact with it at all and i mean ultimately my whole feeling on the thing is like mxpx isn't a christian band anymore like they haven't come right out and say it oh get it because that's one oh wait that's really case anyway they never really come right out and said it but they're not a christian band and they don't care about they don't like go out there and like insult their christian background like but they've said it they've he's changed my career has changed the lyrics and in, in recent live streams and they will never like there's been all these uh when, when we were young parody posters coming out and there's been a couple of them and i commented on one that the youth group reunion podcast posted so i'm not picking on them i'm talking about other ones like on Fiverr and frenzy facebook group and mxpx facebook group people have been posting these and they'll always it'll say like this huge, you know, Reliant K, Switchfoot, Newsboys, Jars of Clay, MXPX. I'm like, there's no way in hell <laughs> MXPX would book on a mega Christian super <laughs> festival ever well, you again. Know,
1: somebody just made it. Who maybe doesn't keep up with the, the teenage politics of right. MXPX anymore.
0: <laughs> well, anyway, can you tell we're stalling because we don't have a ton to talk about this song? Musically, it is possibly. What I'll kick off with is that oh, kickoff, get it? That's a really case song. So <laughs>
1: I do, I um, do get it.
0: Daniel, you can see in my socks. Replied to our like coy reference of what this song, what song we were doing this week, and he said that this is basically like Teeson's one minute joke song, where everyone mm-hmm. else got the one minute joke song, but Warn and Hoops didn't actually have one minute joke songs; they had sincere songs. At least Warren's was actually a minute in the demo, but got expanded. And then uh, Reliable Josh popped in and said he had asked Tyson about this once. Is this your is Beeman your one minute joke song along with all the other band members one minute joke songs? And his recollection was Tyson was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. But that it might not have been deliberate.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. It's just a nice, short, sweet, improvy sounding song.
0: Right. I got to take my overshirt off.
1: Cause it's hot in here. <laughs> um, I love. It's hot in here, but I'm not taking <laughs> off all my clothes. I love the opening tropical guitar in this song. And the whole yeah. song has a very tropical Hawaii feel to it. And Hawaii. I am absolutely here for it. Hawaii. Hawaii. Is that when you Hawaii. go to Hawaii
0: and you're not enjoying it? So you're Hawaiiany?
1: Oh, that's like, true. Ugh. I was going to make a Harry Potter reference, but yours was better. <laughs> Um, little Beach Boysy uh, harmony mm-hmm. outro there. It's good stuff.
0: Yeah, it's like a it's a very interesting musically. It's something that's sort of an outlier in all the different things that Reliant K has done musically, right? I mean, I think that this is definitely we've talked about it before, but this is definitely the last time you get this specific kind of like jokey, almost they can do anything for a, uh, an extra laugh. Reliant K. Whereas by forget not slow down, it's like totally sincere, and collapsible lung. Even though there's lots of varying musical s- styles on there, there's still of one like kind of course. It's not like you would expect something so completely out there as a little Hawaiian thing, or like a breakfast at timpanis or kids on the street kind of you know almost skit or anything as like a uh, random as pleading the fifth or anything like that. So this is the last album where you can kind of expect the unexpected from Reliant K in this way. And yeah, so the, but among all of those like shorter, goofier songs like crayons and pleading the fifth and kickoff and things like that, this is musically one of the most diverse among those, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you say like, if Reliant K is going to do a really short, goofy song, I'd be like, okay, acapella, Pleading the Fifth, that makes sense. Okay, just a little piano song for crayons, that makes sense. Like, a little pop punk jam, but mocking themselves for kickoff, that makes sense. But I wouldn't... Imagine all the styles contained in this one minute. This like the Hawaiian thing, the tropical sound, but it's combined, been sort of the Beach Boys sound. Yeah, yeah. I mean that part. The fact that it's so Beach Boys influenced isn't.
1: Well, you just mean outside of that. Out I meant them doing another genre, like another style of music, is canon and throughout Reliant K's career, right. and especially on the Bird and the B sides.
0: Right. I'm just. I'm. I'm not trying to say that this, this is like why'd they do this? I'm saying that's what makes this song a little special. Is among all of the little tricks and stuff they've done throughout the years up to this point. This one is doing something even further that you might not necessarily have heard. Yes, you would expect the Beach Boys influence, the the harmonies, the Beach Boys harmonies, especially the duo and sort of thing. But, you know, the little Hawaiian flavor, because everyone kind of, I think everyone thinks of, of the Beach Boys as very tropical, but like I think of classic Beach Boys as much more like, like, it's rock, the it's classic, coast. yeah,
1: California rock
0: I mean Kokomo, like 80s <laughs> <laughs> sure. Beach Boys, that gets like the tropical themes going in there Once John Stamos mm-hmm. is in the band mm-hmm. But I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think of, of, when I think of Matt Thiessen's Beach Boys influence I don't think of the sort of tropical side of the Beach Boys I think of the Surf California side of the Beach Boys So it's fun that there's so much kind of going on in this
1: Anytime I hear, I hear Kokomo or it's referenced, all I can think about is the Muppets and that, you know, they, they used to play that little music yes. video on Disney like all the time yes, during breaks when they didn't have commercials. Right. Uh, I sing this song every time our internet doesn't work, which is often like earlier today when I was watching the Leafs game and Danny was on his laptop and the game froze right as Austin Matthews was taking his uh, his shot. It literally happened 25 minutes ago. <laughs> in, in, uh, in the overtime shootout While and it we paused. And I'm that. like, no! I was like, Danny, stop using the internet. <laughs> I need to see what happens.
0: <laughs> it's funny how... I have nothing else to add to that, but that is hilarious. <laughs> it's funny how... The Air for Free error is, is known for all of the sleeping. and... How dare
1: you call Air for Free an error?
0: All the Air for Free era <laughs> songs. <laughs> like Bummin' and Sleepin' and that whole aesthetic for that album of the songs with the I-N-G at the end, where the G is replaced by the apostrophe... It makes me think that beamin is beamin, but it's yeah. not. It's beaming.
1: When I did my deep dive, I Googled it <laughs> without the G. Okay. And then I was like, oh, wait, when it came up with the G, I was like, oh, that's right. And so I, I redid my search with the G. Gotcha. That's funny. Um,
0: one other thing is the, the whoa-ohs, whoa-oh. That always reminds me of late night, double feature picture show nice from rocky horror picture show i didn't go as far as to put them in rave dj because i don't think they'd right right you, rave... you could
1: put it with the me first in the gimme gimme's version
0: oh i guess i could do that well i just i mean i don't know if that was in any way deliberate i don't know how many other songs if there's a name for that particular sort of like
1: you don't know uh, like knelt... if, if there's a name for that particular type
0: of of sequence of chords or notes or whatever right these are the only two songs i can think of that have that particular whoa oh -oh, that that particular kind of
1: sequence other people let me know if i'm sure there's many other songs uh i was just thinking sorry because i can
0: hear people being like we talk about tons of songs have whoa oh no i'm talking about that particular chord progression of whoa oh that one are there other songs that do that specific chord progression no i'm sorry pour your water and then I will shut up.
1: <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, I was just going to make a, a stupid joke. wasn't even a joke. I was just going to say that now that Reliant K is clearly LGBT friendly, what, they need to get on Rocky Horror Picture Show. Christian, I would idea. love a, uh, a Rocky Horror Picture Show tribute by Reliant K.
0: Reliant Horror Picture Show.
1: They sure. should just do
0: a full Reliant. That'll be the new case for karaoke. Reliant Horror Picture Show.
1: That would be awesome. I'm here for it. People always really like... There's no one like straddling the fence when it comes to Rocky Horror. You either love or do you hate it. Like everyone that I've met, I've been like, I love Rocky Horror. Do you want to go to Rocky Horror Live with me? And they've either been like, yes or no, I hate that stuff.
0: (laughs) Yeah. The thing about Rocky Horror... No one's ever in between. Culturally, there's two. Like when I... When people who have tried maybe watching the movie... Cause I didn't really watch it until I met Jessica and our friend in college who also loved that movie. The three of us watched it. They were, the two of them were up singing the song and Jessica and I weren't (laughs) even dating yet. And I was like, this is so cute. You know, you, not our friend who was male, who is male. Um, but, uh, you, you were singing and performing it and stuff. And I'm like, I, maybe I tried watching it once before it had been on comedy central or something. But my advice, if you don't get into the Rocky Horror Picture Show just watching it as a movie, is two. It's twofold. It's twofold advice. One is like you gotta go see it live, like eventually when we're not in this, when that's possible, mm-hmm. po- a- actual post-pandemic, when that's possible, you gotta go see a live in theater performance. I don't mean the stage show. I mean you go to the movie, and there are actors acting it out in the aisles and in the whole audience gets up and dances and there's certain callbacks that you yell at the screen like mystery science theater jokes that everyone knows like all the fans know them you just let it you go you got to experience that and you'll have more fun with the movie but my other advice about rocky horror picture show if you don't like it is what happened with me is you probably don't understand what the heck is going on a lot of the time and i Because when I watched it with Jessica and our friend Jacob back in college, I was like, I don't really get what's going on. And then they were explaining it to me. And it's like Donnie Darko, right? Like, you might watch Donnie Darko and be like, I don't know what's going on. I'm confused. But Donnie Darko is, like, purposefully abstract. But at the same time, Donnie Darko, well, with all of its, like, david lynch style abstractions it still has a definitive answer (laughs) unlike david lynch who refuses to tell you the answers to his movies richard kelly the donnie darko director will not shut up about what the actual answers are so all the actual answers are there and it's the same way with rocky horror if you're confused about character motivations or the plot it's all there but they sing a lot of the missing plot and if you're not like in tune with the lyrics, you actually are missing what's going on. Like, in un- not like Les Miserables, where every single line is literally <laughs> right. them singing. Right. But they will sing a rock song. And you're like, oh, this is just a fun rock song. I'm not really listening to the words. And if you're missing the words, you're actually missing important plot beats that are only contained in the lyrics. So that's why I think when people first try to check out Rocky Horror Picture Show and they're like, I literally don't get it, it's because. To Rocky Horror Picture Show, either their genius or their discredit, they put the story, like half of the story, in the lyrics. So you actually got to be listening to the lyrics. R.I.P.
1: Meatloaf.
0: R.I.P. Meatloaf. Well, perfect. We're talking about this now that Meatloaf,
1: Eddie... (gasps) April, April uh jumped in she's like Eddie's my favorite character <laughs> he's got the it's the best song it's
0: the best song it's so it's so funny. well arguable
1: but I okay. like that song. <laughs> no. yeah you had the I don't know advantage or disadvantage of seeing it with two people who had seen it before I had never seen it live I just loved the movie right and so our friend Jacob and I were like acting out the whole thing as if we were in like the the like theater right. doing doing it and going along with it.
0: And there's special DVD editions that come with, like, special features that will help teach you what you're supposed to do at the theater.
1: I remember it was, like, I think I don't know if I've mentioned this here before or not. It might have been a really early episode where I was, like, the first time that I was, like, really, like, self-aware that, you know, not all content is meant for, like, everyone and not everyone's going to, like, like things that, you know, you like or think right. are brilliant. Right. Was that I had seen Rocky Horror Picture Show on my own for the first time. I had rented it from Netflix DVDs and I saw it. I fell in love with it. I was like, this is amazing. This is so great. Like, I loved everything about it, the camp and everything. And I, my like best friend came over And I had she and my mom watch it. (laughs) This is the friend that, like, I used to go to, to, like, I used to pick her up and we would go to youth group together and stuff. Like, and I showed it to she and my mom and they hated it. They were like, we don't understand this. What's up with this? And then they kind of wrote it off as like, ah, it must be just one of you, like, creative filmmakery type of people type of movies. And I was like, mm-hmm. but I didn't feel that it was that. And I didn't really get that they didn't get it. Like, they just didn't get it at all and did not like it. They were like, why do you like this? <laughs> it was the first time that I kind of experienced that where I felt very, like, weird and marginalized based on just some mm. form of entertainment that I enjoyed. And then it's that marginalization
0: through entertainment that made you question youth group. Because they were like, don't go see Sin City. Yeah. Our youth pastor was like,
1: (laughs) Sin City, he wrote, he would like send out these email blasts and he's like he'd review two movies a month or whatever in these email things. And he reviewed Sin City and he was like, this is not. And I'm like, it's a movie, dude. Like, what's your problem? Like, he like went at it really hard. And I'm like, this is a technically spectacular film (laughs) of its time. And I was so upset by that. And I was like, you know what? I just don't feel like going anymore then. Because I don't, I don't agree with that point of view. (laughs) Well, it's art.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So we got to talk about the lyrics to Beeman. Sure. And it would seem like there's not, like, it It would, I think everyone thinks they know what's going on. And before we started researching this episode, I thought I figured out everything that was going on with this song. But I actually came across something this week that made me realize what this song is about. I'm almost certain that it's about this other thing. It's a double meaning. And... The way I came across this was absolutely shocking. <laughs> oh <laughs> my goodness. Per- It wasn't really that shocking. But it's shocking in, in like the the way in which we do this podcast.
1: Because so, I didn't pull up anything in my deep dive. So that was why when Danny was like, no, oh, I know what this song is about. I was like, oh, great. Because I, I don't. I was like, there's one annotation on Genius. And I doubt it's for what, you, what no, information you there's have. There's <laughs> no
0: information about this. I fell completely backwards into this rabbit hole that I was like oh this is what the song is about and I don't know in what order to because it's a YouTube video I found and I don't know in what order to like talk about this uh, because you know we talk about fan videos in the second half of of the episodes but maybe I'll have to bring it now so basically Let's look at the lyrics for a second. Everyone was beaming, everyone everywhere, and Scotty did lots of the work. And I said, beam me up, Scotty. Can I get a cup of coffee? And the internet, it still doesn't work. So that's the meat of the lyrics. This song, as far as I can tell, is actually about their tour manager, Scott Cannon, of the time. And I'll tell you how I came to this conclusion. That makes
1: perfect sense.
0: I'll talk about how I found this out in a minute when we talk about this video I found on YouTube. But just, like, based off of what I'm saying, whether you believe me right now or not, let's look at the lyrics. Everyone was Beeman. Everyone everywhere. So the obvious reference, it is a Star Trek reference. He's deliberately mentioning Star Trek with the Beaman and Beam Me Up Scotty. That's the reference he's making. And in all the other YouTube videos I found, lean on the Star Trek connection very Deliberately, and I looked at some YouTube comments for the uploads of this song that didn't have special visuals, and people were talking about Star Trek in there. But what beaming is in Star Trek is it's a way of traveling around. And what does a band do? They travel around. That's what a band does. Everyone was beaming everywhere. What's life like when you're on Warp Tour? What's life like like when you're torn around with Switchfoot and oh, Five Iron Frenzy yeah. and the Supertones? And everyone was beaming, everyone everywhere. And it's not just the band. It's not just like if your band is five members, like Five, uh, like Reliant K, or your band is eight members, like Five Iron Frenzy. It's not just those five and eight people. There's like a team. There's Your, you know, your merch people, your front of house person, your back of house person, your sound person. And there's like a whole team of people. Everybody's
1: moving and going, and they yeah. got their things to do. And, and Warp
0: Tour is even bigger, right? Warp Tour. We talked about it when I was like, "How did they move pianos around on Warp Tour?" Because piano was <laughs> sorry. Warp Tour was this big circus, and just the idea of having to lug around these you know drums are enough, but lug around a giant piano. And I think of that when I ran over my foot with that piano, and what happened for people. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, what happens for people on Warp Tour who would accidentally hit their feet? I'm sure like the crew members wore steel tipped boots and stuff. But still, like, this idea that, like, beaming is going around everywhere. Everyone's beaming around. That's what life on tour is like. And Scott Cannon is the name of their tour manager from the time. And then Teeson, in the lyrics here, he says, And Scotty did lots of the work. And usually, like, the tour manager is the most run-ragged person in any live music acts staff. Yeah. He did lots of the work.
1: Unless they're running around murdering people like Terror on tour. That's right.
0: We just went to see Terror on... <laughs> we went to the New Bev twice this month. we got yeah. to talk about it last week. we got to talk about it again. <laughs> the New Bev just happened to be playing all these, like, under the radar, sort of not very good movies that I wanted to see. And we went to see Trick or Treat. Which is this? Which like, I love. Which is an amazing movie. It's like an '80s movie. It has a little bit of Nightmare on Elm Street. It's basically like a rock and roll Nightmare on Elm Street about this '80s metal rocker who dies in a fire, and his like biggest fan starts to realize he can communicate with him in the in the next life or whatever through a, through his lost record. But it turns out that Sammy Kerr, the rocker guy, is actually, like, evil. He's like a Freddy Krueger. He wants to come back and exact exact his revenge and be an evil murderer back in the real world. That's all I'll tell you about it. It doesn't sell everything perfectly like Nightmare on Elm Street or the Jason movies do. There is just a little bit, like, they didn't sell everything perfectly. They could be tightened up. It could have been made bigger and more fun. and more. F- but there is so much in it as an 80s lost horror movie. And it's also, like... And Gene
1: Simmons and Ozzy Osbourne both have cameos in it as well.
0: It is a little bit more like PG-13 than you'd expect. There's like I feel like they put some boobs and one gore shot in just to secure the R rating, right? So anyway, and then with that double feature was Terror on Tour, which was this 1980 but much more 70s movie where it's about this rock band, this like glam, like Alice Cooper style rock band that dressed like clowns and perform this like murder rock of the time like the alice cooper style like murder themed rock like, yeah like some elaborate actually, stage shows yeah, and they're doing a residency at this one club even though it's called terror on tour they're not actually touring at the end they're,
1: of the tour they, yeah they,
0: <laughs> it's a residency and every night someone keeps getting killed And it's someone in their costume. So you don't know if it's a member of the band or someone who's like has a copy of their costume. And then like you learn later, you learn at one point in the movie that some of their crew members, speaking of crew members, uh, one of their crew members like dresses like the band so he can get chicks. So then you're like, oh, is it that guy? Not as good a movie as Trick or Treat.
1: We're telling you the ending. Get ready. Jessica's about to spoil terror on tour. Three, two, one. It's the manager so that you don't go see it because you really don't need to see it. I had already Uh-oh. watched this movie at one point and I don't know. We can't remember if I showed it to Danny or not, but it definitely was like it's it. We, we happened to see it on a really beautiful print at the New Beverly. And that's the, video, that was its only redeeming value. Because, on home video, it is yeah. very, very not
0: Oof. good. Like any DVD, you're not going to find a single good widescreen DVD of that movie. Anyway,
1: yeah. It's just a VHS transfer that is very dark and does not, It, it you know, all of the flaws are just accentuated. <laughs> well, in that
0: case, I doubt that Scott Cannon ever decided to start murdering people at Warp Tour, like the movies Punk Rock Holocaust and Punk Rock Holocaust 2, which are also horror movies filmed at Warp Tour. Much more gory than either movie we just talked about. Much more of a trauma style thing, the Punk Rock Holocaust movies. But, um, yeah, like the tour manager is the hardest working person in the band. So to go back to the lyrics, everyone was beaming everyone everywhere. And the tour manager is making sure people are getting on the bus and he's making sure everyone's got their travel plans and he's doing all the work. And then t says here, and I said, beam me up, Scotty. And can I get a cup of coffee? Cause you know, if your tour manager, like, oh, where's the, where's the, where's the, uh, where's the coffee? craft service? Where's the craft, where's the craft, where's the craft service? service? Yeah. Can you give me the craft service? And he's like, and the internet, it still doesn't work. Now, I don't know what kind of, like, Wi-Fi on the bus situation that they might have had back in, like, the John and John in the band days. But, you know, if you have Wi-Fi or something on the... Or satellite internet on the bus, he's probably going to Scotty and saying the internet doesn't work. And it is a funny joke when you think he's just being in Star Trek to, like, complain to Scotty that the internet doesn't work because the internet not working is such, like, a funny... It's still... You know, even though songs like uh, Vinyl Countdown have these very specific MySpace era points of view, you know, to say the Wi-Fi, the internet's not working, it it feels like it might be of the time, but that's still relevant today. Yep. Unlike other songs that have these timestamps of technology and Reliant K songs. So how I came to this conclusion of how this song is probably about Scott Cannon and, you know, he's just kind of like, Purposefully giving this double meaning of Scotty from, and you know, Scotty from Star Trek was the guy that fixed all of the problems. Like whenever there was a big dramatic issue and they couldn't get to warp fast enough and someone was on their tail or there were bad guys on the ship or they were stuck in a black hole, it was Scotty who always used his engineering skills to get them out of it. Just like a tour manager uses their skills to like fix problems when things happen. If someone runs over their toe with Tyson's <laughs> piano he's the one who takes care of it so how i discovered this was i was going through my usual youtube deep dive and i found a we're going to do this now and then we'll go over the rest of the youtube stuff where we normally go over it but i found a fan music video it's called beaming music video uploaded by the youtube user fried steak you know, kind of normal-sounding username from 2009. This doesn't even have 200 views, and it only has one like. And it's a fan music video, like we found on this show, hundred, literally hundreds of times, but was absolutely shocking this time. I gotta skip to the second half. Is that the band is in this fan music video? Oh my video. gosh! Tyson Warren. Dave
1: They just happened to get all the hoops. Actually,
0: not not Dave, sorry, Ethan.
1: They just so happened to find or get footage of the band. This is the first, and I like
0: this might not seem that important to anyone else outside of maybe if you've been listening to this show for a long time or if you're me and you do this show, but I find fan music videos every single week. And to watch what I was like, oh, this is a fan music video, and it starts at a warp tour. Like the the merch area at a warp tour and they're going through and I'm like, oh, someone got a camera into Warp Tour? You usually can't bring a camera into Warp Tour. And they're like, this kind of makes sense. They're making a fan music video and they were excited about a festival they were going to to see Reliant K. And I'll go back and I'll play the first half. What happens is Fried Steak, who made the video, is going through the Warp Tour grounds and through the merch area. And then Scotty, Scott Cannon, comes up with a box full of merch and drops it off to the merch desk of Relying K and is making this face like to the other employees, like, guys, this box, you forgot about this box. And then the other Relying K employees are like, eh, whatever. Who I can't identify the other two employees. And then so Scotty is like, So Ugh. this is
1: made by a, a, a friend a, a, of Scott a friend. Cannon. Okay, yeah.
0: So then Scott's like, oh. And then it cuts to Scott Cannon behind the Relying K merch desk with like five pe with like three people with their hands reaching across, like with money in hand, like, hey, oh, hey, look
1: at all that merch.
0: <laughs> There's a bird in the B sides like uh taupe bag on there. Like what do you call that? What uh we have a hundred of these types a of tote bag? Tote bag. But that kind of material, the felt oh, not- canvas. Canvas. It's a bird in the B sides canvas bag. I wonder if anyone owns that. So they show Scott Cannon being like over Run by fans trying to buy merch. Then it cuts to another guy who I assume worked for Reliant K at the time, pointing at a red solo cup that says the word coffee on it, and he lip syncs the words, "Can I get okay, a cup what, of coffee?" Okay, what are these?
1: What are these? We have like a Thor hammer in the background
0: T-shirt, uh, and no, there I'll was a Reliant K bear T-shirt. Hold on, K we'll look at that after t-shirt. I get through. Well, after I get through the narrative, we can go back and look at all that. <sighs> hey, future Danny here. So we don't actually go back and look at the merch in this video, but. Listen to us next week and we will go through frame by frame through the Scott Cannon Fried Steak music video and figure out what merch is in the background. you excited for that, Jess? Future Jess? Yep. So this other guy in a red hoodie who apparently works for Reliant K or is friends of Fried Steak, the YouTube uploader. Points at a cup of coffee and says, Can I get a cup of coffee? Lip syncs it to the song, and it cuts back to Scott Cannon, their tour manager in real life. And he makes a face like, ugh oh, and he like puts his hand up, like, No, no, you can't get a cup of coffee. And he walks off and then he goes over to another member of Reliant K's crew and is literally it's a literal fan music video and is trying to fix the internet on his Mac laptop. Amazing. That's probably like I didn't know in two thousand and eight if you could have like credit cards at warp tour i certainly never brought credit cards to warp tour when i used to go but um he's trying to make the internet work and then it starts cutting to Tyson, warn hoops schneck all lip-syncing what remains in the song and then it cuts to ethan during the little lap steel ending and he just smiles because he doesn't have any words to sing so i'm like what the hell is this? <laughs> I just found a fan. Because so, right off the bat, I was suspicious. I'm like, you couldn't bring cameras into Warp Tour in 2008. Like, I know that iPhones were one year old, but video on iPhones looked very, very bad. Worse I don't think than there what-
1: was a video on iPhones right. back then. You couldn't- it w- wasn't until, like, Gen 3 or so later. Right. So you couldn't get, like, other regular people couldn't get
0: video devices into Warp Tour until iPhones were strong enough to have video, so I'm like, "What? Who? How is? Because how this, this is
1: not that like like that very pixelated, low res video no, that you would good, get from from it looks cell like phones. A, it the time. looks like a camcorder for yeah, 2008. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, right off the bat, I'm
0: a little suspicious, and and then I see this guy at the Reliant K merch booth and i'm like oh he's acting out the literal lyrics of the song someone's asking him for coffee someone's asking him to fix the internet at the merch booth and he looks ragged and he's like oh he's working too hard then it comes to the actual band and the actual band is in a fan music video and i'm like what is going on this doesn't even have 200 views how is this true so i look into fried steaks youtube channel and we won't we don't need to watch it right now i'll probably upload it later to the social media for the show, but I find fried steak is a lady named Tara and she is friends with Scott or possibly worked with them or something or worked with someone else that was maybe on tour with Reliant K at different points because she's talking to Scott in this one video saying, actually, I'll just play it. She's talking to Scott in this one video saying like, Hey, did you hear that they created that some fans on the Reliant K message boards, you know, in 2008, created a devoted uh, thread just to you, Scott, the tour manager, and so here it is, there's, so there's, she has another video called Scoffy Day, where she's talking to Scott, oh, the Bluetooth's not working, We'll just watch it off my phone, so here they are at the Reliant K booth, and they're just talking and hanging out, Tara and Scott, their manager. So I'm putting these pieces together and I'm like, okay, these are actual people who worked with Reliant K and then I figure out Scott must actually be the Scott mentioned in the song and the whole Scotty Star Trek thing is a double meaning. So I message Schneck and then I also have to message Warren and it turns out I actually should have messaged Ethan as well because Ethan apparently knows Scott Cannon now as well because Scott Cannon is now working for Morgan Wade who Ethan performs for full time now. So I so but I just mentioned I just I just DM the two Johns to start off. Schneck is like, "Oh yeah, that's Scott. He I show him the video and he's like, "Oh yeah, that's Scott. He was our tour manager for 10 plus years. I didn't he didn't tell me when Scott started and when he ended, but he was Reliant K's tour manager for 10 plus years." And then um He says, oh, and the girl shooting the video, that's Tara. She was around. I wasn't sure how she was around, but she seemed to be friends with Scott. So I DM Warren, hoping for maybe just a little bit more context about Tara. And he he also says, like, she was, like, someone who was around but didn't work for Reliant K or whatever. So she was, like, also around. She was, like, a fan who was, like, always around at this point and apparently was friends with Scott. So that's how this happened. And it was just, like... This mind, this eye-opening thing. I'm like, this is not, like, publicly talked about. Right. Like, whoever the fans were on ReliantK.com back then in 2008, who, who liked to talk about Scott specifically, who were probably going to every show in 2008, 9, 10, and like, knew who Scott Cannon was, they were like, oh, we're going to talk about Scott. Like, I know, like, I've seen MXPX so much in the last couple years that I know the people who go on tour with them more than I ever did before, right? Right. So, and they recognize me, like, at the merch booth and stuff. (laughs) So it's that similar sort of situation. But, like, unless you were there, you probably would not have connected that Scotty is a double meaning for their tour manager. I'm almost positive that this is what it actually is. Because the language is comedic if you think he means Scotty from Star Trek. But it makes so much more sense if you realize there was a Scott directly in t life, in all of Reliant K's life, and he was the guy that got them coffee and that made the internet work when it didn't work and did all the work to beam them around...
1: And we've seen these little, like, Teeson making up, like, goofy songs on the fly mm-hmm. between sets and stuff before. And so it would make perfect sense that this feels like that sort of, like, improv kind of made-up-on-the-fly kind point. of song. That's a great
0: point. That's a great point. We've talked about that before, how any short song that ends up in Reliant K's main discography, it's like this might have been a song that Tyson made up on the fly one night. And yeah, maybe there was one time when something was off on stage. Someone's guitar stopped working or they had to figure something out and Tisa needs to buy some time. And he's like, Hey, everyone see that guy running around trying to fix Hoops's, you know, inputs or something. That's our tour manager, Scott. He's great. I'm going to play a little song about him and make it, this is not, I don't, everything I'm saying right now is just hypothetical, but he, maybe he makes up the song beaming up Scotty right there on the spot or makes up some seeds of the song and then finishes the song in the studio bird and the b-sides but i'm convinced i'm like i'm convinced now i asked Schneck specifically and Schneck said i don't know if there was a double meaning for scotty being scott cannon but i'm convinced right now and i didn't ask warren that specifically because he was giving me information about who tara was um but yeah shocking like to to find something this deep we've done this show for so long and we've never found something this deep specific about a song if like it wasn't you know, Schneck or Ethan Luck being on the show telling us about something specifically. Like, we've never... None of this is on the Genius or anything. (laughs) And it just blew my mind, honestly, to have watched hundreds of YouTube fan videos and to find one that literally has the band Reliant K in it, to find it has less than 200 views and it's over 12 years old. Like this borders on being almost an official music video <laughs> not really <laughs> but it's got the band in it not like footage someone Just downloaded the and cut stuff. together yeah. with twilight right but like
1: <laughs> right
0: like actually new footage of the band lip-syncing the song from the album
1: who has better hair matt teeson or edward cullen <laughs>
0: <laughs> you guys think about that while well, we take our break and we will be right back <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to Sadie Hawkins Pod. If you want to support us, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And you can also interact with the show by calling our voicemail line,
1: 40295-SADIE. Check out our Instagram and Twitter, which are both at Sadie Hawkins Pod. There you can see the visuals that we discuss each week, and you can send emails to us at sadiehawkinspod at gmail.com.
0: Also, sadiehawkinspod.com is your one-stop shop for all our social links and to get to our T public store for shirts, mugs and stickers of all our various logo designs, treat yourself to a Sadie Hawkins Pod shirt or confuse a loved one by gifting one to them.
1: We would also like to thank our patrons at patreon.com/sadiehawkinspod, who include
0: Isaac, James, Kendall, Timothy, Daniel, Josh, Jay, Eric, Joel, Connor, Michael, Samantha, Jimmy Eat Pod, This Might Be a Podcast, Tucker, and Brady. Twice a month, we have bonus episodes, including reviews of the songs from K is for Karaoke, and you can hear our backlog of bonus episodes, including reading through the entire complex infrastructure known as the Female Mind book that Reliant K did or did not write. You'll have to go over there to find out who wrote it. So donate that money today. What you going to do? You sitting on that money? You got that stimmy check from years ago? (laughs) Send it our way. Send it our way. Send ye our way. Send ye money our way. So you like Reliant K, do you? Well, what about They Might Be Giants? My name is Greg Simpson, and I host a They Might Be Giants fan podcast, and it's called This Might Be a Podcast. This Might Be a Podcast is a song-by-song podcast featuring a different guest every episode from normal fans like you and I, but also... I've had guests such as John Darneal of The Mountain Goats, Justin McElroy of My Brother, My Brother and Me, Hutch Harris of The Thermals, Mike Park of Asian Man Records, Franz Nikolai of The Hold Steady, and Danny Weinkoff and Marty Beller of They Might Be Giants, and
1: past drummers Dan Hickey and Brian Doherty. Search for Punk News, or this might be a podcast, on any podcast platform and you will find us. This might be a podcast brought to you by Punk News.org. And April's not doing her engineering work. <laughs> you and the envelopes again. <laughs> it was a good
0: break. I got a bunch of envelopes stamps. I got like I think I
1: got like a hundred more to go. Well, we have genius and song meanings this week, and that's it. So right. over on Genius. <laughs> and I bet
0: none of them mention Scott
1: Cannon, the well, tour manager
0: of like, hey, which by the way, I wanted to mention one other thing. Is that there is a history of rock bands singing about their tour managers. I cannot think of most examples right now. The only one I can absolutely think of is the song Danny Says by the Ramones, Mm. which is about their tour manager. Was it Danny Fields? I don't know. There's a a whole
1: documentary about it. It was on Netflix. I don't know if it's on there anymore.
0: Yeah, this is not a Ramones podcast. This is a podcast for a different band that starts with R. So but there i think there are plenty of other songs that people have that bands have written in tribute to like tour managers and to their managers and stuff like that so this is absolutely this is there is precedent in rock music overall for that to be the point of this song
1: but stay tuned for our Ramones band, band, uh, the Huntington's podcast coming up next.
0: Oh, do you want to do a Huntington's podcast when we're done with this? I
1: was kidding, but maybe we'll see. Uh, so the only annotation we have is under, and I said, Beam Me Up Scotty, uh, which, oh, which says, Beam Me Up Scotty is a pop culture phrase that originated from the 1966 science fiction television show Star Trek The Original Series. As a command from Captain Kirk to his chief engineer, Montgomery Scotty Scott. Oh my goodness, they just keep wanting me to watch this Issa Rae Between the Lines thing. Uh, Scotty Montgomery Scott. Sorry, no. Montgomery Scotty Scott. Specifically, gosh darn it, and again, genius with the- Maybe with take a the, screen uh, cap
0: of it before. Goodness.
1: uh Specifically, when he needs to re- return to the ship, despite its popularity, the phrase was never actually said on the original show.
0: Right. It's one of those... Oh,
1: interesting. It's one of those
0: funny things that, like, there's a history... And again, there's a history of those of, like, pop culture sayings from yeah. before people had, like, the internet to make sure they were saying it right. They would say it in, like, more concise ways that felt better. So to say, beam me up Scotty, made sense. You knew what you were talking about, but it was never actually said. There's a lot of like, listicles that will talk about those, like, pop culture catchphrases that are not actually said the way that everyone goes around saying them.
1: See, we went off on, like, Rocky Horror Picture Show and Terror on Tour, but I thought you were going to spend this episode talking a little bit about Star Trek, which is one of your sort of fandoms.
0: Yeah, I haven't really watched that much Star Trek later in life. Uh, My mom was a big, like, Trekkie Of the time. Like when she was a kid. She was a kid when the first Star Trek came out. But then when Next Generation came out, she was actually very excited. She had become a Star Trek fan as a kid. And she watched Next Generation when it was new. And she got me into that at the time. Then she was not interested in Voyager or Deep Space Nine when those were new. So she was not like a full-fledged... Trek head she never we never went to any conventions or anything like that. We didn't have any Star Trek commemorative plates but she watched you know we watched all the movies uh, I bought her I shouldn't a- laugh I have I have
1: <laughs> Star Wars glasses from yeah. the original uh, films
0: <laughs> but uh you know I bought her a, a DVD and no you know what I bought myself a DVD set of all of the Kirk movies. And I basically gifted it to her when I went away to college, when I went away to Florida. I was like, you know, they meant more to her. And I'm like, here you go. You can have all of these. Like the original DVD set of the first, is it six movies? The ones with Kirk.
1: So, of course, we have song meanings. Oh, boy.
0: Is there actual people who are like, Scotty is Christ?
1: August 8th, 2008... Chadwick said, to me, it seems this song talks about how people are never content, even in contentment. Oh Beeman God. seems to be the state of having things go right, and Scotty is representing God. God oh gives God. This us gotta enough to make us happy, and we joke. don't even realize it, Let having to ask after being stated that they were already Beeman. And even when we are at peace, we want more coffee internet.
0: Wow. Dot, 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 No, no. Um, <laughs> when, so off of The Best Thing, which is a secular song, it is a pop song about a man who falls in love with a woman and says how much I love you and you've made my life great. It's not about God at all, period. <laughs> That's the end of the story. Absolutely. After that, you know, I made a couple, after that episode, I made a couple memes about that joke and... Uh, John Schneck replied to one of them when he saw them on social media. And he's like, did people actually think that best thing was about God? And I was like, yeah, we found posts where people think it's about yep. God. And he's like, wow, he's in and Schneck just replied, let pop songs be pop songs. Like, Amen. pop songs can be pop songs. Yeah, like you can have a faith in Christ. And you can write about your faith and your love for Christ. And then you can write about other things.
1: I don't know how to tell you how, like, to explain just how much I (laughs) do not look forward to having to go to song meetings every week. And every week when I do my deep dive, I go to it and it ruins my mood. Because the first comment is always, (laughs) like, how this song is about God. And I'm like... Always like, when it is about God, awesome. When it isn't, I'm always just like, (sighs) and then I'll scroll down a few and it'll still be the same conversation. And I'll just be like,
0: since I've been thinking about since we've been thinking about this topic a lot recently, um, our friends at Zeitgeist Lab Pod, you know, my friend Alex, he asked us to contribute to something on their most recent episode. They did an episode about Blink-155, which is like the podcast where I met Alex as a fan of and where we met a lot of, like, that's how I met David Park, who does Jimmy Eat Pod. And part of the reason we even had the idea to do this was because Blink-155 was a song-by-song podcast that I was intertwined in the the listeners and the fandom of that show. So he's doing a whole episode about Blink-155 on Zeitgeist Lab, and he asked us, would we contribute a quote-unquote cover of Blink-155. Like, go get a transcript of a Blink-155 episode, and then we would read it. What I decided to do is actually mix it up, and there's an episode of Blink-155 where Josiah interviews a guy named Larry Heather, who's a conservative pundit and wannabe politician in Calgary, and he's never actually won an election, and he had this he interviewed this guy and gave him blink 182's most christian lyrics and there are like four or five songs that deliver you know they mention christ or mention like sort of faith in god and with t- with tom DeLong often it actually can- kind of comes back to sex or whatever <laughs> but there are those mentions of christ and stuff in some lingua 15- blink 182 songs so i took that episode and jessica and i did a cover of that but we changed it up to be Jessica as Josiah from Lingo 55 and me as Larry Heather being presented with Reliant K songs. And I deliberately picked three songs that are not about God at all. And now Larry Heather, like my version of Larry Heather, like jams in Christ into these songs. And I was thinking about the song meanings. people go. I don't want to drop our clip in here. I'd rather you go check out the Zeitgeist lab episode. Plus I'm in the rest of that episode. One thing I'll give a warning to our listeners is at the top of the show, Alex does a recitation of the uh, aristocrat's joke, which is the most infamous, tasteless, disgusting joke of all time. Is that
1: the I Once Knew a Girl from Nantucket? No. Oh.
0: This is a joke. That's a limerick. This is a joke that they did a documentary about, and because Bob Saget had died, and Bob Saget was... a. Uh, producer of that documentary and he was in the documentary it's about this infamous joke where the setup is some uh, a family goes a family act like a like a vaudeville family act goes to do an audition and then the joke is you describe the most disgusting like horrible thing that they all do as the act and at the end they're like this act's called the aristocrats that's like the whole joke it's like an improv weird thing and you're supposed to like gross out The people. It's a weird old thing that like comedians would tell each other, trying to gross each other out as much as possible. So, in tribute to Bob Saget dying, Alex does a version of the Aristocrats joke. Most of you listening to our show probably want to skip that part.
1: (laughs) But go ahead, go ahead
0: about an hour in, and you'll find our cover of Blink of Fifty Five. Do we need to
1: drop an actual time code right here? Nah. Oh no. Skip when he talks, when he mentions the Aristocrats. Oh no. All right. Anyway.
0: (laughs) yeah yeah pop songs can be pop songs
1: on October 29th 2008 we have looking to the sun S-O-N uh to that comment that description sounds darn awesome to me but I would say that a better description of Beeman is satisfaction but is that what God slash Scotty wants should we be Beeman impressive job Chaddock
0: Impressive job, just kind of like having opinion bias and like seeing what you want to see no matter what.
1: Well, then on January 24th, 2010, XX Azurafire XX said Reliant K's road question mark manager is named Scott. I'm pretty sure this is just a clever song about Scott with a reference to Star Trek. He brings them coffee and is probably in charge of the internet. And the fact that everyone is beaming at the show is thanks to Scott's hard work. I've actually met Scott before. He's a really nice guy. Smiley face.
0: Well, there you go. I like did. I looked on Twitter. I typed in, you know, Scott relying K and Scott road manager and Scott RK and all these things trying to find anyone talking about it. I looked in YouTube comments that's the only, yeah, I'm so glad we did find one other person who confirmed it. That's great.
1: Uh, on January 10th, 2011, oh my gosh, on our one year anniversary, harpagee uh, our, our, <laughs> our, our 17 said, wow, you guys really put this song into perspective for me. This is what I hate about song meanings is that people come on here and they're like, oh, this must be what it means because all these other people said this is what it means, but it's not what it means. Um... See, I thought it was just another one of their silly songs, which it is. Your guy's description makes total sense. No. (laughs) And then finally, on June 6, 2012, Josh18w said, or it could be about Star Trek, question mark, question mark, question mark. Scotty is the character that does the quote unquote beaming, which is when they send people to planets from the spaceship. The famous line from the show is beaming Scotty.
0: Yes, and we didn't mention that there's another double meaning, which these song meaning people, people were actually mentioning, is beaming means you're smiling. So, it, yeah, it seems like...
1: Th- I, I also thought that it meant that the road manager was making everybody smile. Right. But what you said that- makes more sense with everybody uh,
0: I, moving around. Well, I don't know if you ever realized this, but Matt Thiessen has this tendency to write lyrics that have two or three meanings even if the third i
1: suppose even if the
0: the second or third meaning isn't about christ
1: (laughs) are you sure
0: yes so in this case i think that i i am 100 convinced as much as i'm as much as the people here on song meanings were convinced that somehow this song is about christ i am absolutely convinced and will never be convinced otherwise that this song is about scott cannon beaming aka in other and not aka but other words in other words helping everyone travel around like you beam everyone around from city to city and it makes them beaming smile because the tour goes so easy because scott works so hard and he does most of the work
1: and that's canon <laughs> scott canon so what else do you have for us on that YouTube? was awesome that was an awesome joke <laughs> And I'm
0: not taking credit for that one I learned my lesson that's great did you I'm beaming over here for that one so um yeah there's a couple of covers and there's some fan videos aside from fried steak aka Tara's video there is this one music video by Rennie b 819 from five years ago And it's a mainstay of Reliant K YouTube videos. It's a stick figure animation. We haven't seen these in a long time, but I would say we've seen like a dozen or two dozen stick figure animations over the years of doing this show. And here's a new one. And it's a literal stick figure doing the literal lyrics.
1: Yeah, drawn on
0: paper, really good. Yeah, drawn on, that's the other thing. It's it's actually like a flipbook style mm-hmm. as opposed to be done being done on like MS Paint. They drew every frame of the animation on a piece of paper and took a picture of it. So it's track. actually more akin to like a stop motion mm-hmm. even though it's not clay, it's still two dimensional. Oh, now you know. Just a second ago, when the lyrics were wo, oh oh it showed the word o, oh, and they zoomed in and out for the "whoa oh oh for the effect. But the word o oh is "oh," o-h. I-O. Exactly. Reliant K is from Ohio. So do you think every time they mention "whoa oh oh o-oh-oh oh, in a Reliant K song, he's referencing Ohio?
1: No. <sighs> well...
0: <laughs> Here's some people dancing in the dark. Literally just dancing in the dark. You can barely see them. It actually song. looks pretty creepy. <laughs> dancing. Yeah. This is She's a Cactus. One word. She's a Cactus. Nice. Ten years ago. 227 views. The same amount of views that Tara's official, unofficial music video that has the actual members of Relying K in it has. Um, this one is some people... Let me see if there's a description. It just says, we dance. And it's some people in a very, very low-lit... It looks like a parking lot with um, hoods over their faces, just dancing to the song Beaming by Reliant K. I mean, this is, like, cursed, but it's not <laughs> that kind of cursed.
1: It's in, like, black and white. It They're I, on a football field? Question? Mark? I'm not
0: sure if it's black and white or it's just so oh, low light baby. that there's not a lot of saturated color. And it wouldn't really call it a dance. It's just them kind of like moving about and kind of improv a dance. I actually skipped past the beginning, but it kind of opened with a blooper of them dancing like with no music and they're like we'll add the music later right this has twin
1: peaks vibes this is like that video of laura palmer and donna dancing
0: this definitely has some david lynch.com vibes (laughs) this definitely has some david lynch refuses to ever use film again (laughs) kind of vibes there's one i mean i was surprised there are two star trek videos but i only saved one What I was surprised was to find so few Star Trek-related fan videos. So one was just, like, still images of Scotty, James Duhon. uh, But this other one features actual footage of Star Trek. And this is uploaded by The King Theory. The King Theory. So do you think their theory of this song is that every song has to do with the King of Kings?
1: Could be. I don't think so, since they're getting the proper Beaman yeah, uh, Scotty Star Trek reference, and it's the original show,
0: yeah, not the movies, but the show, right? So yeah, I mean, I don't have a ton to say about Star Trek. I guess. I mean,
1: I was actually really excited. <laughs> I'm just laughing. Mm. It's there was uh, a time travel
0: episode where they he's well, like
1: in a zoot suit. Uh, th- William Shatner's in a zoot suit yeah. with his little his little uh, flip phone thing. What do you call those? Communicator, communicator. There were
0: a couple episodes where they time traveled, but there were more episodes where they landed on a planet that, like, took on the form of Earth from a certain time period, like an alien planet, right? That happened to be like 1940s movie,
1: like that too. Yeah, there is <laughs> the planet, right?
0: They go to a they go to a planet that happens to be old west themed.
1: Look, if you if you don't have the budget to. Like do super spacey stuff, do a period piece because you probably can find, I mean, also a large budget, but you can find more props and stuff for that.
0: The original Star Trek show did have a lot of, you know, budgetary setbacks and stuff. And I know the third and final season of the original show, the budget was slashed a lot. But they would have to reuse sets from other television shows. And they were the only big space show of the time. Sure. So they would have to reuse, like, a cowboy set or a gangster set. And they would have to, you know, they had time. Like I said, they had time travel what episodes. What about the
1: Jetsons? They couldn't borrow anything from them? <laughs> Good point.
0: <laughs> well, there there was a Star Trek animated series from the 60s after the original show was canceled.
1: Actually, the the Jetsons, the first uh, the animated show, the first bit, the animated show, like there's a live action <laughs> one, only lasted, like, a season or something. Right. And then got picked up again in the 80s or whatever.
0: Yeah, I... um. I'm surprised how, I, I was recently listening to a movie podcast that I listened to, like not anyone we know at all, like just a regular podcast I happen to listen to. And they were talking about It's actually a, it's a show called um, uh, it's called Best Movies Never Made. And it's it's this is not why I found the show, but it's it's one of the hosts is the writer of the Sonic the Hedgehog movie.
1: You know, the best movies were never made.
0: That's right. Who sang that? Taylor Swift. It took me a second. I was like, it's either Lana Del Rey or Taylor Swift. (laughs) And the other uh, host of the podcast is a guy who produced the movie Jodorowsky's Dune, which is a very famous movie about an unmade movie. You know, Jodorowsky's attempt at making the Dune movie. Anyway, it's a podcast about movies that didn't get made, but actually from Hollywood insiders. And they have screenwriters and producers talking about these movies that didn't get made. So they were talking about an unmade live-action Jetsons movie that... You know was going to follow the successful flintstones live action movie but it was just too big budget and it got cancelled and the hosts of the show were like surprised when they learned in preparing this episode that the original jetsons only had one season in the 60s and then the rest was all in the 80s like for syndication Like, everything you remember of The Simpsons that involved that little guy on Springs, the fluffy guy, that was the 80s version of The Jetsons, but they would air the 60s episodes. You just
1: said The Simpsons and, like, totally threw me. Did I say Simpsons at one point? That's just a Danny thing.
0: (laughs) That's just my brain don't work right. Anyway...
1: (laughs) Yeah, the Jetsons, it's funny, my dad told me about how that was, like, a really big, like, cultural phenomenon when it was going to start, when the premiere was going to happen. And he was so excited to see it, and then it turned out it was the same night as the car show, the Detroit car show. (laughs) And so his dad took him downtown to the car show instead, so he missed it. (laughs) There's no reruns or anything at that time. Right. But I was like, "Well, no, I'm so sorry, Dad. He's like, yeah, I enjoyed the car show more, I'm sure."
0: <laughs> well, he could have seen flying cars in the Jetsons. When we got was, when we got HBO Max, like in the first couple weeks, looking at everything they had, we watched the, f- the first couple episodes of the Jetsons at, you know, cuz they have all the Hanna-Barbera stuff. And the first couple episodes of the Jetsons were actually pretty biting commentary, like satire at the time, like satirizing life in the 60s. So it's like the space age version of all these very specific 60s things that aren't relevant to life anymore, like like the like the reserve guard and stuff right. and like how you buy cigarettes or things
1: like that. It's like, like that, What are they talking what about? What are they talking is about? Happening? But the there's style big, though. Oh 60s mod yeah. look. Oh, you can't beat it. But there's
0: And there's this one joke where the pipe that brings them in, that takes them around town or whatever drops the wrong kid off. It's not <laughs> Elroy. It's a different little kid gets sent into the Jetsons' house for just a gag. And Mrs. Jetsons like, you're not Elroy. And then the little boy goes, what's for snacks?
1: <laughs> just like that. We quote that all the time. <laughs> it's the best joke. Because they were...
0: Beaming in the wrong kid, or tubing beaming, in the wrong yeah. kid for Jetsons. <laughs> so, here are three covers of the song. This first one is by Sean Carl, and this is the most direct acoustic cover that I found. After this, uh, on commercial, I won't even bother going to your account, because we only got three more videos.
2: <laughs> Hello, YouTube. I have not posted a song in a while, so... I'm just going to do this quick short one. And I like this one because uh it's by Ryan K and it's like 55 seconds long, maybe, I don't know. And it's uh, it's a good song.
0: Everyone was benign.
1: did a little transformative stuff there
0: yeah a little different cadence to it yeah then there little is 60s, oh. little 60s
1: little campfirey.
0: before we go any further there's one other thing i forgot to talk about with the song here it is i'm looking for my computer because i will just play it off of my computer but there's also some jibba jabba i guess i'll put in this i guess i'll you know i'll be able to put this in in post but there's some talking at the end of the track. And I don't think Jessica had ever noticed it No. because I put it on my audio editor and I boosted this and I she's like, what is that?
1: I'm like, what is that? He goes, it's the end of the song. And I was like, Oh, okay. I've never noticed it. And then I put it on Spotify and I don't hear it. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know what he's talking about. So (laughs) here's
0: the end of the song. And if anyone out there can figure out what the heck is being said, please let us know. I now think this must be some reference to Scott, cannon like this has got to be something he said or it's a thing they said around him or something but here's what you hear buried underneath in the last two seconds of the track Watch cannon. Watch cannon. so it kind of sounds like a scottish accent so it's it, it sounds like Raj Cannon something canon like i can't tell he's definitely sounds like he's saying canon which the guy's name is scott canon so it kind of makes me think it's in reference to that but then it kind of sounds like a scottish accent which goes back to james duhan and scotty from star trek but i can't figure out what that first word is he says and, and who's saying it can't tell who in relying k is actually blurting that out maybe it's scott himself I found his Instagram. I sent him a message and said, can you tell me more about this video that you were in? I didn't say, will you be on the pod? He's perfectly welcome to be on the pod if he hears this episode or to call in and give us more information. I hope he sees... I'm sure he's very busy, though, on Morgan Wade's tour. So here is another cover, and this is by Brady2494. Not our Brady. Not, Are you Not sure? Sugar Daddy Brady. Our highest, most <laughs> contributor to uh, Patreon. Sugar Brady, that's what we call (laughs) him. It we is. haven't called him that out loud in a long time.
1: We do call him our overlord pretty often. Right, though. corporate overlord. Corporate overlord. Brady,
0: because he's our biggest Patreon contributor. This is not that Brady. Do you know this what, is- Dan?
1: So you were, sorry, I have to I have to break in for a minute. Because we were talking about what we were going to do the other day as a follow-up to Sadie Hawkins Pod. Because we are starting to run low on Reliant K songs. Yeah, we got about a year left. Yeah, and where we could transition. And I was like, well, we call Brady our corporate overlord. So what if we did an SD3K Mads kind of thing and what if like Brady and Daniel just like sent us songs that we were forced to listen to and research
0: that's a good idea but you know we're like we record so we'd have to start recording like weeks in advance every time instead of literally the, the night it comes out true <laughs> so this is a uh, so this cover is called Beaming Cover By Finally Global, though the YouTube channel's name, and I guess, what did I say? I said Brady2494. I uh, am confused.
1: Ampersand hashtag 8335.
0: I must have missed, I must have missed, I must have put the wrong links in here or something. Now I see what I did wrong. Okay, this, here is Brady2494, and we'll get to Finally Global in a second. I put the wrong link, I put, I got their links backwards. This is a ukulele cover, and here it is hi i'm gonna be doing a reliant k cover so this is beaming everyone was beaming
1: Super I love his vocals his yeah. vocals are really
0: fun I, and I, I can't even do it I can't repeat the way he's saying he but it's the way he's saying is hilarious how could you think that this song is about coffee and the internet mean more to you than Jesus because <laughs> they're saying they're smiling because the because he got his cup of coffee and because he's getting the in inter- the internet's not working and like that doesn't I don't <laughs> like it's just such opinion bias I I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as my personal savior. I asked him in my heart when I was a child, and I've continued to keep him in my heart so that I may go... To, you know, I've, I'm a Christian. I believe in Christ for my salvation. But not literally every single thing in that way is... I just don't... I just Agreed. Uh. Well, here's what I call a weird cover. <laughs> and this is by... This is by, finally, finally we go global. We're globally zooming and beaming around. We're beaming around. <laughs> we're beaming around, finally global. So the the, the video is called Beaming Cover by Finally Global, but the YouTube channel is Jordan Westenberg. And it's just an image of James Duhon, the actor who played Scotty, smiling, which is very fitting because he's beaming, <laughs> he's smiling. Right on. And I call this a weird cover because... This is very, this is a little tighter than them, but this is still very Princes of the Sun esque. I don't think it is the members of Princes of the Sun. It could be, who knows, but it's very Princes of the Sun esque. Here we go.
1: Everyone was beaming,
0: everyone, everywhere, and Scotty did lots of the work. And I said, beaming of Scotty. And could not get a cup of coffee And the internet It still doesn't work Say
1: whoa-oh-oh oh. Good stuff.
0: Love that padding. Padding? Oh, patting. Patting. I thought you said padding, like they were padding out the runtime or something. I'm like, no, it's 50 seconds. <laughs> if anything, it's shorter than the regular epi- the episode, the regular song.
1: Speaking of speaking of episodes, th- this is your job right now, and yet you have the <laughs> envelopes out <laughs> again. Well, I'm
0: well. We're almost done, so I'm like. And I'm almost done with these envelopes, so I was just preparing the stack of envelopes. Okay, so there were the first envelopes, and I literally didn't even find my own W-2 in here. But I did download mine early, so I'm wondering if you download yours early if the payroll system then doesn't bother producing a mailed one for you. Which means a lot, if that's the case, a lot of people did not download their uh w2s the day that the night they came out i literally downloaded mine the night it came out and like fred we fred we like we talked about this on a patreon episode but like ned flanders i did my taxes the day that they <laughs> that the tax forms came out so anyway uh yeah yeah Beeman. uh i would say i'm a bigger fan now of this song i like the song more than when we started if for no other reason than, well, there was one song meetings person who knew, but this has definitely been sort of a lost fact to time that this song is definitively and without question about Scott Cannon, the tour manager of Reliant K, who now works for Morgan Wade with with Ethan Luck. Like, that, that's it's not even up for debate. You guys can call us up and say, well, what about, nope, nope, nope. I got to get my song meanings login working to just like go and just tell, you know what, I'm going to go around song meanings from now on and say every song's about Scott.
1: (laughs) Well, I agree that this song, I mean, I always love this song. But with your new facts that have come to light, uh, I (laughs) love it even more. (laughs) Shocking if true. (laughs) So we'll let you go and get back to your other job. Oh, the one that pays mo- Well,
0: this pays money because it's people like Brady. So be like Brady. Go to patreon.com slash Sadie Hawkins pod so that I don't need to be putting stamps on W-2s next year. We just wasted 99 minutes of your life. Remember when we used to actually put the lyrics at the end? Doing it again for 2022.